Welcome to the podcast Love at First Science with me, your host and fellow inquisitive inquirer, lover of all things nerdy, Celeste. As a physiotherapist and neuroscience student, I really do love science. But I'm also really interested in the world of business, creativity, psychology. So this podcast is going to interview all sorts of different people from many different backgrounds to really gain an understanding of the science behind their passion. We are heading into series one, which is all about breathing, and we have five incredible guests lined up to talk about various facets of breathing, from your vocal cords all the way down to your pelvic floor. So thanks for joining me for episode three, where we talk to vocal coach Matthew Shaw. Matthew has worked on West End shows like Billy Elliot, Evita, Breakfast at Tiffany's, to name but a few. But he's also worked with some really famous singers like Rita Ora, Pixie Lott, The Pussycat Dolls, and even Britney Spears. And in fact, Matthew helped me a lot. I was a new teacher and I was really desperate to do everything by the book. And guys, I did Ujjayi breathing from the moment I opened my eyes to the moment I closed them, maybe even well into my sleep. I really went in with the Ujjayi breathing. And as you can imagine, my vocal cords really suffered. I decided to invest in some vocal coaching, not having any clue that my breathing was uh, the real root cause of the issue. And he was so kind. I mean, I was really resistant when he said, you know, you've got to change how you're breathing. I was like, no, you know, yoga, everything yoga does is good for you. How dare you tell me I can't do Ujjayi breathing? So it was a real massive paradigm shift for me. But I did indeed listen to him, I made a change, and yes, my vocal cords did heal. So I'm about to share this and so much more with you on this interview, but just a little bit of background. Um, when we did this interview, um, Matt was at work, and there is opera going on in the background, ballet classes, I mean, it's a noisy situation. So again, I'd like to apologize that the sound is not crystal clear, but trust me, Matthew offers some serious gems, guys. I cannot wait to share his wisdom with you. Here's Matthew. When I had some severe vocal issues, um, I was losing my voice. I sounded a bit like Tony Braxton with a cold. Um, and I, I came to you just going, first of all, um, my voice is shot. Is there anything you can help me with? But also, I always felt like I struggled to get sound out and my job involved speaking and projecting. Mm. And then thank goodness you actually identified that my breathing was way off. I had a very tight ab abdomen and I was utilizing a very tightness around my vocal cords, which is a classic form of breathing in the yoga world. Um, but Matthew, before we jump into all of that, I just wanted you to maybe introduce yourself a little bit about your background and then we can get into how you helped me and why that would work for other people as well. Great. So like to initially, um, and found out very quickly that I wasn't particularly very good at it and didn't actually like it at all. Uh, and all the way through drama school, I was basically fascinated by the voice and how the voice functioned. And to be honest with you, when I was at drama school, I started teaching people in my year and even in other years singing uh, because I always played the piano. So, um, so it was kind of an easy thing for me to kind of fall into. And it kind of took off from there. And um, the thing that really solidified me uh, as a singing teacher is I managed to get a job basically uh, in charge of a group of students at a drama school, uh, at a drama school called London Studio Centre. And um, it gave me the chance to actually practice 
um, my, you know, my craft on a group of students all in one go, um, which I think any singing teacher will, will, will tell you is, is vital to learn how to do your job, is to have a group of people to actually work your, you know, your, 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 your techniques on. Um, and that's basically how I, how I did what I did. And um, then I mixed my time between the pop world, so I worked with pop artists, um, and then I also coach on shows on UK tours and West End um, theatre and run a practice of my own in, um, in Fulham. Um, so, uh, and also a bit of TV work as well. So basically anything that requires professional voice users, um, I am um, there to do some work with them. Awesome, Matt. And guys, just to give you a bit of context, Matt right now is at work at his practice in Fulham. So you might hear some like opera in the background <laughs> and he's in actually a studio. So there's going to be a little bit of an echo, but honestly, just stick with it because there's so much amazing information. Like I said, at the beginning of the interview, I came to you sounding a bit like this. Um, and you actually identified two key things that I was doing. And I was wondering if you can expand on that and maybe a bit of the problems around those strategies I was using. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I think that for the vocal folds, um, the thing that, because people know very little about how the vocal folds function, what happens is, is that our instinct when our voice isn't working properly is to work harder. And when we work harder, what we do is we tend to grip a lot around these muscles, especially the sternocleidal muscles around the larynx, and we tend to tighten to try and force sound out. We also tend to squeeze a lot in the tummy to try and force sound out. And I think that's also problematic because um, we are very often led to believe that the more we support with the air, the better the sound becomes. So I think even without being a singer or training as a singer, or even sometimes training as a singer, we're very often incorrectly under the impression that we need to support from the tummy, our core, squeezing the diaphragm, our core, whatever. But we're very often taught to to squeeze the core in order to think that that helps the voice come out. And it actually doesn't. It causes a lot of problems in the vocal folds. And basically it causes problems because what it does is it affects how they vibrate. And that I think is that it's the most common problem for singers or professional voice users is that they are gripping in terms of the larynx level and gripping at the stomach level as well. And both those things a one-way trip for your, uh, uh, for your vocal folds to basically stop vibrating correctly. And once they stop vibrating correctly, the sound quality is altered. And it's how we start fatiguing the voice, how our voice starts sounding tight and gripped, our voice starts flipping all over the place. We tend to have uh, loss of phonation when, we, when, we, when we've worked for a few hours. And of course, as you said at the beginning, as a professional voice user, which lots of jobs that we don't think of, as professional voice users, we just think of actors, singers, those kind of jobs as professional voice users. But you've got you've got yoga teachers, lawyers, doctors, school children, people working banks. You know, pretty much everyone really with their job. Uh, most people are a professional voice users. They need their voice for their profession. And if you have any instinct to grip the neck or grip the tummy, either instinctively or through what I would call incorrect training it basically is a long way trip to having voice problems. Yeah, and I definitely had the incorrect 
training. I mean, for me, I danced since I was little. There, the guy is belting out a good one. <laughs> I don't know if you guys at home can listen to and hear him singing, but it sounds so good. But yeah, for me, I, I mean, I can still feel myself doing it now. I have to consciously tell myself to relax my tummy and relax my throat because for years I was taught as a little girl dancing that I had to pull my tummy in. I always had a little pot belly because I'm short, I'm hypermobile. Everything was just hanging out. And from very small, I've been told to suck my tummy in. And then of course I started yoga. And for years I was taught that the best way to breathe is to constrict the throat the glottis the epiglottis and to create an audible hissing sound with my throat and by the time I got to you I mean can you talk a little bit about the pathology of the yes, cords? like a little bit about the like um, the nodules that form you were even saying I might have to go for surgery if I didn't change my habits yeah well a quick way to imagine how it, how it works is this is that um, if you imagine the, the lips, so some people are viewing this and some people are going to be just in the order of this. So I'll try and explain this way that both groups of people can, 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 can understand this. So if I lip throw, which is basically allowing airflow to pass through my lips, and if I go, what's happening is I lip throw and the lips are vibrating and trimmed, is the airflow is coming through the lips and making them vibrate. Very, very similar, in fact, identical to how the vocal folds function. And the way to imagine constriction is that if you try and squeeze the lips, what happens is you, the lips aren't free enough to allow them to vibrate. Now, translate to the larynx is that if you try and grip your neck, what happens is the vocal folds just find it harder for the airflow to be able to pass through the vocal folds. So, hence, what happens is instead of getting a nice free passage of air where you get you're then getting and the sound is altered vocally instead of getting this kind of sound which is free and open sounding if we grip we get this kind of sound we can hear there's something not quite right with the person's phonation so that that's basically the issue we're dealing with from both the squeezing the tummy and the trying to constrict the throat to stop the airflow coming through. The problem is, if we try and stop the airflow coming through the vocal folds, the vocal folds don't function correctly. And I think going on from that, we need to remember is that two things, why we have vocal folds and also the health benefits of them. And the three reasons I would say that we have you know, that we need to remember why we have vocal folds, is that they're vital to open the breath to drop in because they're right at the top of where the lungs are, okay? So imagine like that. They're, the, they're like the, they're, 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 they're able to close and stop air going into the lungs and open to allow air to go into the lungs. So that's the first thing, is that they open for breath. The second thing is they close to stop food going down the wrong tube. And that's a vital function for the vocal folds, which is why the old singing adage, you know, honey, lemon, ginger, you know, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this. All the things you eat and drink go down the wrong hole. They go nowhere near your vocal folds. Even water I'm drinking now bypasses the vocal folds and it goes down a different tube and then works to enter the system, you know, two to three hours later. So the second thing is close to stop food going down the wrong tube. And the third thing they do is vibrate to allow us to make sound. So they're opening for breathing, they're closing to stop food going down the wrong tube, and they're vibrating 
to allow us to make sound. And that's a really, really vital thing for us as humans. More, I mean, way more vital, I think we actually, you know, think. It's These life and death, little things that we don't really ever really think about. They are literally a matter of life and death for us on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think also going back to the health benefits of singing, you know, there's been studies done which measured the, 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 the cortisol um, in you after singing, the kind of stress hormone. Um, and the levels were, were basically lower after the first sign than measured them. So, you know, we know that it relieves stress. The immune system was a study in 2004, which basically um, the immunoglobulin A, which is basically the, the, the antibody you know, that keeps us, you know, safe and well, that was basically increased by people singing. And also there's been lots of studies about the link between good mental health and singing as well. One was done you know, very recently, you know, it was a thing called Sing Your Heart Out, where they measured people with mental health issues and then got them to sing and then found that mental health issues were, 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 you know, were, 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 were improved upon by singing. Um, so the reason I mention those two things is because we need to remember that if we damage the vocal folds through either too tight a tummy and too tight a core, or through not allowing the airflow to vibrate the vocals properly, we're A, really you know, mucking up a, a natural bodily function of breathing, stopping food going down the wrong tube, and making vibration, making sound. And also, they have a knock-on effect to our stress levels, to our immune system, to our mental health as well. So they're really, really important little things. Um, and if we get tension and grip uh, you know, in them, and we use them incorrectly, it makes absolute logical sense that that will then affect other things in our life. And also just the practicality of it that we never think about that when we lose our voice, or our voice doesn't feel, you know, like we can project or make sound clearly, there's nothing worse when you're in a class trying to demonstrate and trying to voice, you know, exercise or voice ideas, because our whole, how we feel about ourselves on that day is linked very close to how clear our voices, and if you can't fornate correctly because there's too tight a tummy or not enough air for going through the vocal folds, it really affects our mood. Mm. So there's so many reasons why it's important, I think, to make sure we're, we're, we're using the vocal folds correctly and not damage them. And unfortunately, for most people, when you get taught dancer pulling up, that then basically means the rate of airflow is locked and it can't come out because here responds by gripping. Or yeah. if you think about trying to actively grip here and make these sounds, they are actively damaging the vocal folds. They will make you use your voice. That's actually what I was going to ask you about, that active damaging, because I think people don't realise quite the repercussions that are associated with this tightening of the vocal cords. If someone had to do that for many years, aggressively, full hour practices, and then they're like, oh, this is how I should breathe all day long. What could happen to their vocal folds down the line? Because I even met someone who had to, she was a very strong Ujjayi breather in the yoga for, you know, and she had to go for vocal cord surgery. And I was like, I don't think she's making the connection. And that's why yes. I wanted to bring you in. Imagine that this is that the effort level to do this with the lips, if I lip chill cleanly and allow them to vibrate without any tension and go, the energy level is quite, quite small. We don't need to work very hard to make that happen. It's a natural function. If we get told to squeeze the lips and then go, the only way to make sound then is for the whole body to lock, to push the air flow out. And the energy level involved in that is really high. So first of all, it's exhausting on that level. But in terms of vocal cords, a way to imagine it would be this, is that with your hands, okay, 
Just have your hands lightly together, but not touching, yeah? And imagine one, your left hand is your vocal hold, and your right hand is air. And we're gonna flutter our hand around like this. And you'll feel the airflow on the hand, yeah? yeah. You can yeah. feel that on the hand there. Now do this, put your hands together and rub your hands together. Now you feel heat and friction. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I'd imagine it actually, is that if you are told to squeeze the vocal folds, you are constantly friction burning them. Imagine it like that. That's not what actually happens, but imagine that's what happens. And that constant friction causes a lot of tension, a lot of gripping. And what it does to the vocal folds, so you know, is lots of fluid and blood gets sent to the area to help fight the infection. So, for example, if you get bashed on the head, and what happens is you, you, know, you get a bump on your head, yeah. a very, very similar thing happens all over the body, is that it's to protect your body. If you have gum disease, blood flows to the air to protect, to protect, to get rid of the disease. It's fighting the disease. And it's the same with the vocal folds, is that they fill with, with fluid and blood to protect them. And that then in turn stops them being nice and straight, which means they can vibrate evenly. It means there's bumps in the way, which means they can't quite get the same contact they would have got before. Yeah. And that's when we end up with problems of cysts, nodules, polyps, those kind of things, those basically bumps in the vocal folds that basically mean that the only option for your speaking is this kind of thing here. Mm. And that's why prolonged use of locking the larynx, prolonged use of squeezing hard to push the sound out will cause problems with swelling in the vocal folds. And once the swelling starts, it's very hard to get rid of. That's the problem. Once you're on that process, yeah. you have to really catch it early enough to stop it being a problem. Now, having said all that, it, it totally depends on what you do for a job. Of course, for me, and I'm sure for you, health-wise, you don't want that to happen because of the things we spoke about, the fact of the, the physiological reasons why we need the vocals to work properly, the stress reasons, the immune system reasons, the mental health reasons why we want the vocal folds to function correctly. So, but that aside, when you've damaged the vocal folds, some people can still go on and do their everyday job. It just feels a bit uncomfortable. They, they sometimes don't even notice. It just yeah. feels a bit hoarse. They're the people who people have to say, oh, their voice is just like wrecky and hoarse all the time. Oh, their voice is a bit tight. They sound like a cold all the time. If you are a, a professional voice user, like a singer, for example, who is actively having to go on a daily basis, they are the kind of people who notice it first. They notice there's something going on first. Then you'll go down to there maybe other professions like uh, being a judge or a lawyer, for example. People who are happy to talk to public people, but not necessarily acting. Yoga teachers, dance instructors, fitness instructors, those people, they're the people who notice it, I would say, second. And then you've got then the other jobs that they don't necessarily have to perform to people in their job, but they are still talking one-to-one -one to on people. The phone and, colleagues yeah. On the phone, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those kind of jobs there. So I think it depends on what kind of job you do. Yeah. It depends on how important this vocal health is for you just making, make, you know, being able to make, you know, sound and being able to communicate with people. But still, regardless of those things, we still then have the problem with the swallowing, the breathing, the, yeah. the vibration and all the mental health issues, the, the stress relief issues that we have when we can't formate correctly. Would you say that those nodules then that form would then cause a problem with some of the swallowing and making sure? It doesn't, I mean, I mean, essentially anything that's, a, that, that's stopping this from closing is not good because the whole job of the vocals is to close, to stop them getting down there. So in extreme circumstances, yeah, it can, be, it can, it can develop into something mm. more sinister. But initially they're, 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 they're quite small in comparison to the vocals. They're quite small bumps. 
Okay. But because the vocal cords are quite small anyway, um, what happens is in comparison, that floor yeah. has, has a big knock on effect to the roof stairs. So it can cause problems and those kind of things there because basically any swelling in this area is not good news. Mm. Um, but the, mo the main thing it does is cause problems with our, with our formation. It causes problems with us making actual sound. And I think until people have a voice problem and have that thing where they wake up every day and they just know their voice is just going to be sound hoarse, it's going to go. The stress I think that causes people is, is, is immense. People don't realize just how stressful that situation is when they're doing yeah. something and they can't be heard. And they have constant questions going, oh, what's wrong? is there something wrong with your voice? Are you okay? Those constant things that feed into the idea of going, I've got something wrong with me. It always feels like the person has a cold or a cough. And it can be really frustrating and it can really get people down. But until you've actually experienced it, I don't think people realise just how the loss of something that we take as such a fundamental thing that we have, when it's taken away from us, is, yeah. is like immense. It affects all of our life. That communication is such a big huge part of us as human beings but when that ability is taken away the psychological issues that people have are, are, are immense hey there my lovelies i just want to say a really big thank you for listening to this podcast and if you do have a little second to go off and write me a review on Apple iTunes. It helps more than you could ever know. And also, if you're someone who loves to learn more about anatomy, to dive deep into the body, I'm actually offering all of you guys that are my podcast listeners a 20% off code on everything on my site. So head to CelestePereira.com, use code PODCASTLOVE, and you are going to be getting 20% off everything. Right. Thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to it. Totally. And I think, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but muscle memory and the brain connection to your vocal cords becomes so strong that then to unwork that tightness is hard. Because I mean, I met you, gosh, 10 years ago and you helped me and i would say obviously i don't get the tony braxton thing anymore but i still now struggle with tightness and i still i'm like oh my goodness my voice is sore after having a conversation granted i was a bit passionate and i was like yeah you know screw the man kind of like conversation and then afterwards i'm like oh my goodness i feel tightness i feel discomfort I'm not relaxing my vocal cords enough. And I, you being a trained professional, you can probably even hear it in my voice yeah. as I speak. And so have you got any strategies? What can, let, let's say we're like, right, ditching Urjai breath. I am not going to do that. What can we do every day just to help relax our vocal cords and great. give us- yeah, this, is a, this is a great question. So I would say the techniques to work on, I would work on with singers, which are still, you know, which are appropriate for kind of all professional voice users. I would say the very first thing you want to make sure that you're doing on a daily basis is allowing the tummy to relax. And what I would first thought of is, is, is that the problem very often comes from an incorrect amount of breath going in because people are encouraged to take a huge breath. And the problem is, imagine like this, is that I'm just going to use this paper to show you this, okay? Is that the vocal folds vibrate by air passing between them. So if I blow in between this paper, well, two pieces of paper, and I put them together. And if I blow in between this paper, you'd think that logically the paper will blow apart. But what actually happens is the paper goes. And for those and of you not seeing, it's just gently fluttering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that happens if I use a relaxed, smaller amount of breath. If I take loads of breath and then do it, we get this instead. 
So the paper gets bashed erratically all over the place. So the first thing we're going to want to do as a professional voice user is try and eliminate that from happening. And we do that by basically relaxing the tummy. So I would first of all do this. I blow out, then I'd let the tummy drop and go, uh. As we make the uh sound, think about the acting voice going, uh, uh, as you just let the tummy go. And at the same time, your whole body should just drop, uh. okay? Another way to imagine this for people is in Toy Story, the film, when the toys are having a lovely time, and then a human walks in the room and they all go, they kind of gormlessly drop dead, yeah? So like a dropping of the tummy. So we're gonna go, then, uh, and the tummy should release quite heavily when we do that drop. You should feel the body drop down. For the dancers who are listening and watching this, this will feel very alien to them because they will want to keep the tummy pulled up and the posture pulled up. But unfortunately you have to just think of this being anti, anti-gripped, anti-ballet, anti-dance posture for this to work. Then what I do is I've replaced the drop sound with this. Then, so I'm basically thinking the same uh sound, but I'm not making the uh sound. And what you'll be left with is the tummy releasing. And then I'd go, so we're blowing out, then dropping, blowing out, then dropping, blowing out, then dropping. And basically this whole exercise is to get us to take less breath. And how it works is this. Every time you let your tummy drop, air gets sucked into the lungs. The problem being this exercise is we don't feel it or hear it. So people get really confused about this because they think, but where do I breathe? The breathing yeah. is in the release of the tummy. If you make this sound, which is blowing out, it's wrong. If you make this sound, which is gasping the air in, it's wrong. And if you try and grip the neck to stop any air going in, it's also wrong. So it's about letting the air drop into us naturally, just how we were meant to do when we were born. It's exactly how we yeah. do how we breathe when we are born in there. So that's the first thing. Then I'll take it on to making sounds. So I'll then take it on to a little blowout, then a drop, then one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Then one, two, one, three, two, three, four, five. Followed by a drop. And then A, B, C, D, E. Followed by a drop. And then things like yee. Followed by a drop. And basically I'm used to phonation happening after you have released and dropped the tongue. I can then feel I the relaxation to... already. Yeah, you will I've had so much tightness recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it feels so and good. What that's teaching to do is basically take a more appropriate amount of breath mm. through relaxation as opposed to drawing the air in, breathing too much and squeezing the tummy. So it does a few things. It relaxes the tummy, which means the internal pressure doesn't start trying to blast the way through. So your fold mass doesn't start erratically sliding all over the place. And it takes a smaller and more appropriate amount of breath. Then depending on the kind of voices you are, if you're a singer, I go on to doing exercises like so general scales, whatever you do with your singing teacher, but with a drop in between. If you're a personal trainer and you find yourself at the beginning of class going, right guys, what we're going to do today is me. And we are going to start cycling first. I basically uh. do your beginning speech that you do to your class whilst going, drop the tummy. Right guys, what we're going to uh. do today, drop the tummy. Is we're going to work on our obliques, drop the tummy, and we're going to do this. Does that make sense? So, totally. To what your version of professional voice using at 
actually means, what you have to do in your everyday job. So you get very used to sound, drop the tummy, sound, drop the tummy, as opposed to sound, take a big breath, sound, squeeze the tummy, I suppose that. that's the first thing I do. The next thing I think that is always useful for people to do is, and I'm afraid I'm not prepared, I haven't got a straw here, is I would get a, a, a bottle of water, half full, and I'd put a straw into it, and I'd blow bubbles whilst going, and you'll see the water, bubbles in the water. And what the exercise is doing is it's basically making sure that you are using enough airflow to vibrate the vocal folds. Um, so it basically stops the constriction that people get when they go, it basically eliminates that. Because if you're blowing bubbles, it means you're increasing the rate of airflow. The water provides a resistance, meaning you have to blow that little bit harder and slightly differently than you normally go out. And the sound means the vocal folds are vibrating. So what that exercise does is it increases airflow at the same time as allowing the vocal folds to lightly vibrate. And what that does is it eliminates that element of constriction and gripping in the neck. Following on from that, I'd also do this. The same exercise, but in the air. So going. That's it there. But this exercise, what you're wanting is a good rate of airflow all the way through the sound. So it's not this sound, which is no airflow. It's not this sound, which is too much slamming of the airflow. It's. Another thing you can do is find active airflow users like Marilyn Monroe going, Happy birthday to you, and think you're in the air more than you normally would. Yeah. Okay? And another thing you can do is generally thinking, relaxing into a bath at the end of a long, hard week, and going, Ah, and the side. I'm not breathing first, I'm not going. Blind, <gasps> yeah. ah. And all those four exercises, the blowing water, the Mount Monroe, the and the ah, are all ensuring that the professional voice user is using the correct amount of airflow. Now, for people who sometimes they get confused with this and they think, oh, but isn't that just supporting? Isn't that just pushing the air out? And I want to explain very, very specifically, it's not at all. What we're doing when we do this, we're letting the air come out in an energized way. We're not squeezing it out by using that core. So correct sound will sound like this. I'm nice and relaxed, but I'm using the air energetically. Incorrect pushing or supporting of the airflow will sound like this. It sounds very different. And I can feel already yeah. Straight away, it makes you want to cough. So it's not supporting, it's a similar thing, but it's letting the air vibrate with vocal folds, okay? And then after that, the other thing I would do is I'd monitor just basically what you do when you speak in an intense way. This yeah. is one for the personal trainers, for the yoga teachers, those kind of people, because- I so struggle with this because I'm such an intense person and I'm always yeah. like, and, and then I'm like, they, they tend to speak in a higher pitch than normally do. So if you find yourself when you're working professionally going, right guys, what we're going to do is that there will cause a lot of problems to your voice. So what you make sure you're doing is think about where your voice naturally sits. So if I go, ah, ah, so my voice ah. is around there. 
sense. When I'm talking to you, I'm trying to keep my pitch around where he's comfortable with me. But if I was teaching personal training, which I wouldn't be, if I was <laughs> teaching you know, being a personal trainer, then I can imagine the energy of that is me then going, right guys, what are we going to do today? Is there... And that is yeah. an exhaust the voice. And I've done some work, well, quite a lot of work, um, Rebel One or One Rebel, I think it's called, and also another gym, um, Boom Cycle, where they hire me to actually work with personal trainers uh, because they have so many voice problems that personal trainers do because they're constantly lifting the sound too high. So yeah. I would say the next thing you want to do is make sure that you monitor the pitch in which you speak. If it starts going, is this area here? That's when we're in the danger zone. So you want to make sure that you don't do that. And another thing mm. you can do is creaking, which is That's on there. For those of you who don't, can't hear that properly or, or can't see me doing it, it's like the sound the grudge makes when she comes to the telly. <laughs> That's the only thing I think about with that. So it's that. Uh, what that does is to make that sound, the vocal folds have no choice but to totally relax. So it's a really great thing to do at the end of your working day or the end of the working week is just make sure you go. How is that different to the funny sound that we were kind of referring to, the ujjayi? Oh, yeah. if you, well, very different because this sound here is made uh, by the vocal to relax so much they're hardly even touching. They're just okay. randomly touching. Whereas this sound uh, is made by the vocal to being squeezed so air can't mm. Okay, so they, there's two very different. I just wanted to clarify that for the That's listeners. That's a really good point. They are so different. So let's listen to uh, this. This is the correct one. This is the incorrect like little one. bubbles. It's like little teeny, like teeny, like, 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 like yeah, teeny bubbles, yes. This okay. one, though, is wrong. And it's absolutely Stiffness. not creaking gears. Yeah, yeah there's no bubbles that, there. It's that the creaking is caused, caused by relaxation. You can always hear the individual crackles in the voice. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is caused by, by tightening the vocal cord. Yeah. It's so hard to relax when similar. you're doing the tightening one, whereas the bubbles one, I felt I could be soft. Yeah, in fact, it's a clear physical there. body if thing. You do the bubbles one, so just think, and you'll feel the body, it won't feel tight. But if you do this, you'll feel a locking in the larynx, it will make you want to cough straight after. So, whilst they sound similar, they really are very, very, very different. In fact, they are the absolute polar opposite of each other yeah, but yeah. ironically quite similar sounds and those actually help to heal the voice a little bit like if you have had a tightness or you feel like oh i've well, got a lot i suppose they don't necessarily heal the voice but what they do is they stop you creating voice problems so essentially mm. yes in the end they will help you with your voice but they don't necessarily heal a problem so okay. if you have a voice problem they won't necessarily make it better but they can stop it from getting worse but i got think it. those professional voice users if you get used to using that at the end of a hard week. And you'll notice if you're particularly tense or tired or have worked a lot that week, your voice will do this straight away. If that happens, just go one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and it yeah, easier. Come back then. Yeah, yeah. But if you are consistently getting this, it tells you you're, you're dealing with quite a lot of tension issues inside the, inside the larynx that you want to try and get solved. But hopefully with those exercises we've given you there, from the, from the releasing the tummy to take the breath, to the using of the breath, 
to try to monitor the pitch in which you speak in your, in, in, in your job and also the relaxation exercise at the end, those things should improve people's vocal ability. Okay, cool, Matt. That's so helpful because, I mean, like, guys, just to kind of let you know this, I have had many lessons with Matt and I still struggle with the relaxation of my vocal cords because it's so ingrained in my nervous system. And actually what's so funny, I've heard Matt tell me these tips many times. And every time he tells me that, I'm like, I forgot to do the bloody thing that he told me. So it's normal to forget. Please listen to this as many times as you need to remind yourself, jot them down and practice, practice, practice. Because like you say, our vocal cords are so intertwined with our general well-being that so, actually, yeah. oh, it's yeah. mad. It's actually really mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. Everything about how we feel, we can tell from someone's voice. Yeah. Every time somebody's feeling sad, or angry, or distressed, mm. or happy. The second you know that someone's about to say you a joke, so for example, if I call it joke voice, so if I go from a normal speaking voice, to then my joke speaking voice, so what happens is the sound gets <laughs> wider, you can hear it straight away in my voice, that I'm going to tell you something that I find funny. Whereas if I don't feel like that, you can hear it's a very, very different tone. And that's because the vocals are changing, and the muscles are changing, depending wow. on how I'm feeling. You even said something so beautiful, because guys, in my breathing workshop, which I did, Matt came in as a guest speaker just to kind of give us a little bit more background about the vocal cords and how they're affected by things like ujjayi breathing and tightening of the core. And you said something so beautiful. You said, you can lift weights when you're in love, when you're upset, yes, when you're, yeah. no, but speaking changes your vocal cords and you yeah, cannot yeah. control that if you're upset. in a way that other muscles don't. Yeah, so mm. the vocal muscles responds to how we feel. Which is why um, we can hear people's emotion in their voice. You know, we can, it, imagine like this: is that we, imagine if, if we had a situation whereby people's muscles all over the body, where anywhere you had muscle, physically change shape. If you're in love, or if you're angry, if you if you were you were distressed, or if you were calm, and it'd be so peculiar, wouldn't it? See someone's physicality completely change. But yeah, you know, and, and it does change when we're working on those things. But if they physically morphed shape. Whereas the vocal cords, they physically change, they, they respond differently. And that's why we get all these different sounds, these different textures in our voice, depending on, um, on, on how we're feeling day to day. And what's so amazing actually is Matt, I met you years ago, you taught me this and it was really hard for me to accept it because for so many years I'd done yoga and done dance and we've been taught something totally different. But then when I started practicing it, it made so much sense. And then obviously I did my degree in physiotherapy. I then started looking into the science of relaxing your core and relaxing your vocal cords. And really I was like, Matt's so ahead of his time. All this new science is coming out about pelvic floor dysfunction and how important relaxing your core is. And actually, how we do not need to take big breaths to be healthy or calm no. but actually that's the worst thing you can do for your oxygenation of your blood and your tissues and then I was like Matt's been saying this all along if we had, you know we just need to get Matt into the public eye so he can preach this incredible knowledge and I have got other experts and I'm going to talk about the same thing and more about the science but your work it, it's just an integrated system that's where I'm going with this little monologue the vocal cords the relaxation of the core the the not taking of a big breath these are current themes that keep coming up again and again yeah they're important i think the checklist is basically don't breathe too much and allow the tummy to relax allow yourself to relax allow that relaxation of the tunnel then allow the air to come through the vocal folds <sighs> don't stop the air coming through allow the air through the vocal folds 
that's the main thing. I mean, that's literally yeah. the thing that is fundamental to vibration is air. If you think of any instrument, any wind instrument, if you blow too little, nothing comes out. Mm -hmm. If you blow too much, the note will split. And that's why young kids learning instruments sound awful mostly because what they're doing is they've learned the fingers <laughs> of the instrument, but they just don't know how the subtlety of how much breath pressure to actually use. And that's what makes the instrument sound accomplished. It's the same with the human body and the human voice is that we, we need the breath, we just don't need too much. And we need to use the breath and allow ourselves to use the breath when it's coming out. And I think when you're talking about the yoga breathing, the ethos seems to be the opposite. It seems to be to take more breath than we need and then try to squeeze the tummy and pull the core in and then try to stop the air. And what that is like, it's like being a pressure cooker. You've got this pressure internally trying to push out. And the thing that's going to stop them pushing out is these little teeny vocal folds. And they're not made to do that. They're made to open to let us breathe, close to stop food going on you, and vibrate lightly. And it seems so like, delicate, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seems like 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 the yoga breathing that's been explained to me, the ethos is the opposite of that. It's trying to encourage a great closure of the vocal folds and a great squeezing in the breath which will put a lot of stress and strain on the vocal folds, which is the reason why totally. we obviously started talking about this in this, in this kind of details, because it's yeah. trying to find a way to integrate good, healthy singing breathing into, into yoga practice. Yeah, and actually um, what's, what's amazing is that, again, everything works together as a system. And mm. what we are doing is we're actually trying to override the natural operation of that system with yes. all these additional cues and all these additional activations which actually are very very difficult to sustain they build incredible amounts of tension and they actually damage the system as a unit because if you're for example not utilizing the full use of your diaphragm that's going to have implications on anxiety you're going to end up with a pelvic floor either hypertonic vaginismus kind of thing or mm. prolapse completely soggy um, and then of course your vocal cords end up taking the strain as well so it's like we've messed up with something that was already fine we've tried to make it too much and what's interesting actually with the yoga when you look at classical yoga they actually taught that separately you know we use these things and we do it separately but then a hundred odd years ago uh, Patabi Joyce came on the scene and he made us do it non-stop throughout a whole two-hour practice and then people started thinking oh I need to do this all day every day and I think that that's really it's not it's not classical yoga that taught that this is a very new very current I thing mm. and I think that there is not a lot of um, history behind it because everyone's like oh it's this ancient practice and I'm like no guys not to do it in a full two-hour practice absolutely not so yeah Matt, this has been so enlightening. I so appreciate it. If you could think of all the beautiful people you've worked with over the years, all the struggles they've had, is there one thing that you're like, can I just give this information to the world that could maybe make a difference? As in one thing that I would say that is useful to everybody. Yeah, yeah, just one thing that, guys, if you just did this one thing, honestly, the world would be a better place. Well, because... Do you know what, actually? I think, actually, we've, 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 we've already discussed it because the air flow is that people tend to not allow airflow to come through the vocals anymore. They don't allow that to happen anymore. And I think as we become more stressed and more busy mm. of a society, we get tighter in our body. And I think that, again, has, has, has exacerbated the problem. So I would say the one thing that I, that I do say to all my clients now is to make sure we are always using airflow. 
Because without airflow, there is no vibration. Without vibration, there is no sound. So it's all about the rate of airflow and not trying to stop the air coming out, but allowing it to come out. So that's what I would actually say to people if there was one thing to always think about with professional shooting is that the airflow is important and we need to use it because without it, there is no vibration. Airflow and is fundamental to vibration. It is vibration. I just wanted to say that is so helpful because, you know, you listed out the exercises, but I know what life is like. Sometimes we get so busy and we, we don't have time to squeeze in all the mobility drills and the eye drills, and then we've got to do the vocal drills. So the guys, if there's just one thing you could take away from this incredible conversation yeah. with someone who's worked with so many and, people, just allow that air. And you know what? Make it part of your routine with the water. Get yourself a as just a straw and your water before you go into your practice, before you go and work. Pop it in, blow some bubbles, do that whenever you drink water. Just that in your, in your, in your everyday practice will start to help you realise the amount of air, air flow that we need and stop you from locking quite as much when you're practising. Thank you so much, Matt. And listen, I don't know if you actually need this because I know you're a very busy man, but if anyone did want to reach you, for maybe a little session. I don't know if you actually want more people because you're, I find it hard to get a session with you. But like, um, if, 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 if that's something you wanted, please do share your details because a lot of- Of course, of I mean, I suppose my Twitter handle would be um, <laughs> at your shore. And it's, the second shore is with the, with the capital S for somebody. So at Matthew Shaw Shaw. I think you get me on Instagram, is Matthew Shaw voice. And I'm gonna pop a little message there and I will always get back to people. You do, you do, you're so kind. And guys, just to say, Matt has got such good energy and you, we've literally scraped the surface of his knowledge. When I've had sessions with him in the past, the amount of detail he goes into, into like our evolution as humans, how the vocal cords respond to different sounds with the tilt and the muscles. Honestly, every session I learn something new, hands down. So thank you so much for your time today. I know how busy you are. This means oh, so, so much to me. And so many people are going to benefit from this. Thank you so much, Matt. And oh, guys, please pleasure. do check him out. <laughs> All right, my love. Thank you for everything. And bye for now. And that's the end of this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you think of anyone who could possibly benefit from the information that was shared today, honestly, guys, you sharing this podcast really will help more than you could ever know. I'm your host, Celeste Pereira, and I'd like to send you love at First Science.